0: Football season. I love football, and when I sit down to watch it, I I think like when your teams play, and you're always kind of at the edge of your seat, wondering how what's going to happen, if the game's going to turn out good. When I think of the song "Victory in Jesus," and I think of God's word, I think it's like turning on a football game or going into a football game and knowing that you're going to win at the end. So no matter if you get down by 21, or your quarterback gets sacked, or he throws an interception, or you fumble the ball. You know, ultimately, no matter what you go through in life with those things, you have victory in the end through Christ. So it makes going, playing the game much more relaxing and much more fun, right? And that's the game of life because we have victory in Christ. So when you're in Christ, you have victory. Ah, the car breaks down, you lose your job. It's okay. It's all okay, right? It's going to be okay because you have victory through Christ. We know we're going to win in the end. Love the song. Thank you, guys, for opening with that. Let's go to the uh, Lord in prayer, and then we'll do our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you just for the opportunity to be here this morning, Lord, to preach your word, to be with my brothers and sisters in Christ, Lord, to share the gospel, to do all the above, Lord, and to glorify and honor you. I thank you, Lord, for this time together. Lord, we love you. We, we uh, point everybody to you in everything we do, and we honor you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning welcome everybody.
1: So uh, I'm going to ask the children to come up for uh, Family Sunday And get up here and sit on or stand here in front of the stage if they would Come on kids, all you kids, come on up here and stand in front of the stage Get ready for Jeff to come preach to you There you go, come on now, flood the stage There you go, there you go, come on Even you Everybody sit down. Sit down. There's more. Hunter,
2: come on up here. Do it. Do it. Put your finger up. Little
1: what? I'm so low I can't hear him.
2: Some of them you never know. Sit down, boy. Put your pointer finger
1: up. You can scoot that back a little bit if you want to. Scoot that back just a little bit. Or not. You're good. So kids, do you know why you're up here?
2: <laughs>
1: OK. Well, that's for your dad. You're up here to sing This Little Light of Mine. Ha <laughs> ha! Now stand and let's sing.
3: This little light of mine, I'm going
0: Can sit down because today is Family Sunday, and you all can sit down too. Uh, it's Family Sunday, and so our kids stay in service with us, and we take communion. And I always like to talk to them for just a few minutes uh, before we get started. Today I'm going to be talking about something that absolutely goes perfect with what Ace just did, and we didn't plan this out, but it goes absolutely perfect, and God knows what He's doing. I'm going to talk today about being ambassadors. Ambassadors. Does anybody know? Has anyone went to another country? Has anyone ever visited another country? Anyone went out of the United States? No? Okay. If you travel to another country, years ago, it's probably been five or six years ago, Sierra and I went to South Africa. And in every single country that you visit, most of them, there's what we have what we call U.S. embassies. You guys know what a U.S. embassy is? Okay, I'm going to be teaching you about that today for a few minutes. So we have a U.S. Embassy where we have delegates from the United States or one ambassador is char- in charge of that embassy. And literally what it is is it's usually about 10 acres of land a lot of times, and there's a building there, and, the, and it's U.S. property. It's just like it's U.S. property in another country. And there's an ambassador there that does the business of the United States, ...for our country to that other country. So they go and meet with the officials of that other country... ...and they do our business. So what they're doing is they are representing our country. Right? Do you all know that we, as followers of Christ, are all ambassadors? Who do you think we're an ambassador for? Christ. Right? And so as an ambassador for Christ, for Jesus, we go into the community... And we let our light shine as ambassadors for him in our community. So I'm going to be talking about that today. And that is how God shows his love today. What was the greatest? Here's the other question. What is the greatest illustration or the the greatest way that God's love was shown? Anybody know? When Jesus walked this earth. When Jesus was flesh as God in flesh walking this earth. He was the best manifestation of God's love towards everybody. Now, who do you think is the best manifestation of God's love towards people? Huh? Trey knows? Go ahead, Trey. He identifies as a little kid anyway. Go ahead, Trey. What is it? We are. That's right. We are. So when we talk about God's love, Guess what? We're the ones who show God's love as followers of Christ. So, so I want you to pay attention today as I talk about ambassadors and as, as, and, and as showing God's love. And here's what happens. When there's a new president elected, you know what he does with most of the ambassadors that are already in office? What does he do? Anybody know? Does Trey know? He fires them. He fires them. He fires them. You know why he fires them? Because he doesn't think that they're going to represent what he wants our country to be or or his agenda. So here's what we have to be careful of as a church. That God doesn't say, you're fired and you're not going to represent me. Close the doors. Now, we can't lose our salvation. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us as a church. We better, we better do what God wants us to do, and we better represent God the way he wants to be represented. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today, okay? So I want you to pay attention. If you got questions, ask mom and dad after the service. And if they didn't pay attention, ha, come and tell me, okay? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these kids this morning. What a blessing they are uh, in our church, Lord, that they can come, and we're raising them, Lord, to love you. And so I pray for them, God, as they're out into a a world, Lord, keep them safe, protect them, let them know they have a church family that loves them, and Lord, in all things we glorify and honor you, Lord, let us be a church that's, that's showing a light in our community for you in everywhere that we go, it's in your name I pray, amen. Thank you this morning, kids. Okay, we have a couple of Bibles to pass out, Sam is not here this morning, so we'll bring Sam up next week. But I know Stephen is, so Stephen Rehnquist, would you please come up here this morning? I have have a brand new Bible and a baptism certificate. This guy, that you guys know them, they had the church over uh, last week and fed us uh, lunch after his baptism. He's a California transplant, and he got to crawl into one of our creeks last week and be baptized. So congratulations, brother. Congratulations. All right, I got discipleship. Discipleship certificates. Uh, Alan, you want to come up here and you're passing this out? There you go, my friend. Thank you. All right.
1: Okay, Philip, come on up. This is a, a certificate for discipleship. Philip completed the discipleship uh, program we done on Sunday afternoon. Denny and myself and Max, we uh, took a group of three or four guys through, and Philip wasn't here last week. So, Philip, here is your certificate, and uh, it was a joy to. Uh, do this and uh, got to know Philip better and uh, know the other guys and uh, go through this. You want to say anything? Uh, just want to thank you guys for doing this. And anyone who's never done it, please just get involved.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Alright, uh, yeah, discipleship's an amazing thing. If you're visiting with us this morning, what we do, we have a, a 14 uh, lesson. It's 14 lessons because it usually takes longer than 14 weeks, but it's 14 lessons and we teach people, what does it mean to be a follower of the Lord Jesus? So we go through discipleship with people and then after they've graduated, what we want them to do is start discipling someone else. That's the model we see in scripture. Who's your Paul? Who's leading you? And who's your Timothy. Who are you leading? So uh, everybody has somebody that's discipling them, including myself. So Saturday night freeway, every Saturday night from five thirty. Five thirty is dinner. The service is at six o'clock. If you want to help serve at that, I know Mike. I don't believe Mike's here this morning, is he? Mike's not here. Is Mike here? Mike Simons here. No, I thought he had to leave. Yeah, he's not here this morning, Uh, so uh, get with Mike if you want to help serve at that. Wednesday nights are huge in this church. We have a great time on Wednesday nights. We have dinner at 6 o'clock with one another every Wednesday night, and then our classes start at 6.45. We have kids' classes, youth classes, young adult classes, so I invite you to come uh, on Wednesday nights. Men's Bible study tonight. They have men's Bible study tonight. Denny texted me what it was about, and I forgot to write it down. Alan, where are they at on men's Bible study? The the girdle of truth? Belt of truth tonight, okay? So that's what they're going to be talking about tonight, so come, uh, men, at 6 o'clock. We have a business meeting right after morning service today. It won't be that long, but we got some things we need to talk about. We're going to be also introducing a new deacon candidate, so please stay uh, this morning. We usually start business meeting about 10 minutes after uh, the close of service. Today also, from 4 to 7, young adult and college class. We have have a college uh, class, young adult class swim party at Mitch and Mandy's house from 4 to 7 p.m. So please come for that, uh, young adults. Uh, And then the church pool party, Sierra has a sign-up sheet that we're going to pass around. We need to kind of know a number so we know how much pizza to order. But the Crossbridge Pool Party, we've rented the the Marshfield Pool. It's from 6.30 to 8.30 at the city pool on August 28th. Sunday, August 28th uh, is the church pool party. So please sign up uh, for that so we have an idea on that. And then there's going to be an activities team meeting. Thursday at noon at the Whole Kitchen. So please see Jeannie Donaldson if you have questions about that. So they're going to meet over the the Crossbridge Activities team. We have Fall Fest that's going to be coming up and all sorts of good stuff. So anything else that I forgot this morning? Yes, women's. Wednesday morning, 8.30 a.m., ladies, at Grillo's, if you would like to come. There'll be some of normal. The regulars aren't going to be there, but if you still want to come and and hang out and eat, Wednesday morning uh, at 8.30 a.m. Anything else that I forgot this morning? Okay, if you would stand, we're going to have a worship song, and then we're going to jump into God's Word together this morning. And we're going to take up our morning offering, so let's, let's bless our morning offering. Lord Jesus, I thank you again for the opportunity to be here this morning. And Lord, just take these, uh, take, take what we're giving back to you, God. Everything is yours, and so we're just being good stewards, Lord. So take it and use it to further your kingdom as we fund our missionaries, as we share the gospel, Lord. It's an honor to get to give back to you in worship. And so, Lord, we love you today, and I thank you. In your name I pray, amen. amen. He just has no idea how these songs are tying into today's sermon today. I'm telling you, uh, it is all the Lord, right? 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Let's honor God's word this morning. Should be doing this every Sunday. If you would stand with me, let's honor God's word together. 1 John 4, 11 and 12. Just two verses is all I got through today, guys. (laughs) Maybe I'll get through some more next week in 1 John as we're working our way through. I'm getting back into working our way through 1 John. 1 John 4, 11 and 12. It says this, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you again this morning just for the opportunity to be here, Lord, to worship you today uh, with my brothers and sisters, my family, Lord, that's this church. And, Lord, I thank you for allowing us to gather, Lord. I thank you for the freedom that we have in our country that we can gather and worship you and sing praises to you unhindered. We have many brothers and sisters around the world that just can't do that, and so Lord, it's a blessing for us today. One that we should not take lightly or take for granted. And so, Lord, thank you for that. Be with us today. This is a hard; these are hard verses to understand, Lord. So I pray that we we have clarity in it. That you bring clarity, uh, and Lord, let it, let it not be my opinion today or anything that I think, but it all be your word, God. In your name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so we're back through going through uh, 1 John, and, and we're getting there. We're, we're getting there. The last time I preached this, because we've preached about some other things, but last time I looked through this, we talked about the ultimate love of God. I don't know if you remember that, but it's been a month or so ago. But uh, the, the ultimate love of God was shown that, that he sent his son Jesus to be the payment for our sin. Uh, that's, that's found in the previous verse there. Uh, and or, ...or propitiation is what the word says... ...and meaning that he took the wrath of God against sin in our place. He satisfied God's wrath against sin in my place. and so That's an amazing thing. So here, these verses, we you read them and you're like... ...man, what is he talking about? They're kind of hard to understand. And, and I do really pray this morning that we have some clarity on this... ...and we understand what this means. So we go back to these verses... And John makes a statement here where he says, no one has ever seen God. Well, that automatically brings up a question mark there because we know that Jesus is God. That's clearly taught throughout Scripture. Jesus accepted worship as God numerous times. So we know that Jesus is God. And and we also know from Scripture that many people saw Jesus walk the earth. We also know that over 500 believers saw Jesus after he was resurrected. So we know that people have seen God. Um, And so we we know that this verse isn't saying that no one has ever seen God. Um, We also know from Scripture that no one has ever seen the Father. So we believe in the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Scripture teaches that. Here's a couple of verses that say that. John 6, 46 Jesus' own word says, not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. He's talking about himself. Exodus thirty-three twenty. 20. God says, you cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. So it's almost like these verses are contradicting themselves. But we know that Scripture doesn't contradict itself, so we have to have another reason. Now that everybody's confused now, let me explain this. Uh, It says, no one has ever seen God, and what it means is no one has ever seen God in all of his glory. In our fallen human condition, if God were to fully reveal himself to all of us, we would be consumed and destroyed. So we know, if you go back, and I'm not going to read it this morning just for the sake of time, but Isaiah chapter 6 When Isaiah has a vision of seeing God, he sees God in in glory, and he's seeing the Lord Jesus. And go back and read Isaiah 6 today. Uh, But we know that no one has seen the Father in all his glory except Jesus. So how does all of this tie into all these verses, okay? How does this tie in? Where are you going with this, Jeff? Let me finish this last verse. It's it, That last verse in, in 1 John 4. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. Have you ever heard an atheist or somebody say, Well, I'll believe in God if he comes right now in this room and reveals himself to me. I'll believe him if I can physically see him right now. Well, God's not going to do that, but Jesus, and Jesus is no longer walking the earth to manifest the love of God or to give us something that God looks like. The best, the best way that as humans, as fallen humans, could see God was manifest in Jesus. So the only demonstration of God's love, and so Jesus was the, a huge demonstration. It was the best demonstration of God's love. The only demonstration of God's love In this age now is what? You. The church. The church. That is a foundational testimony. That God's love is perfected in us. And now people should see God's love by looking at his children. By looking at the church. Jesus even said so. He said said this to his disciples in John 13, 35. He said this, he said, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So people will know God by how we love each other and how we love a lost and dying world. God shows his love for people right now through the church. Now, you think about that for a second. And I was studying this and reading some commentaries on this. Man, that is an amazing mission. That is an amazing mission that is laid out quite clear for us. And scripture lays it out even more clear in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20. I want you to highlight these in your Bible. I want you to uh, memorize them if, if you can. Highlight them in your Bible. I hope this is on your heart today with this message. It's 2 Corinthians five, eighteen through 20. It says, all this from God, who through Christ reconciled to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, Christ, God, was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal... Through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. That is an amazing, amazing mission. It's awesome. And we have to understand the ramifications that this has for the church. And the church is made up of who? You all and me, believers. This has major ramifications, major ramifications. He gave us a mission. What did the passage say was the mission? Reconciliation. What is reconciliation? What's the message of that? The message of reconciliation is that man is separated from God because of sin. That Jesus, God in flesh, came and lived a perfect life. He went to the cross and our sins were placed on him. He died in our place. He rose again, defeating death. When we believe in that, when we trust Him as our Lord and Savior, then what happens? We're reconciled to God. So that's the gospel, right? That's the good news. That's the message of how someone can be saved. Who did He give that message of reconciliation to? You. Me. He gave that to the church. Listen, that's how God's love is shown today. In the message of reconciliation. It's, it's, it's us it's being ambassadors, that people are separated from God, from their sin. But God, being rich in love and mercy, gave them a way to be forgiven. That, if, listen, if that message of reconciliation isn't included in every sermon, in every outreach event, in everything that we do, then we should shut the doors. Don't meet. That is the mission. The mission is reconciliation. Listen, that's how we're God's ambassadors. By spreading God's agenda. By by not having our own agenda, by having God's agenda. What's God's agenda? That the message of reconciliation be taken to the whole world. Who's responsible for that? You are. You are. That's an amazing mission. Now, I told these kids up here, I got to thinking about this, and I remember me and Sierra going to South Africa. When a president wins an election, he gets to appoint a whole bunch of people. And a lot of the times, he starts appointing ambassadors to certain countries. And most of the time, honestly, those ambassadors have no clue what they're doing. A lot of times, they're people that donated to his campaign, and it's a way for him to slide them into an office, right? i got to take care of all my buddies, So they start appointing ambassadors, and new management comes in. A lot of times, a sitting president, if it changes from a party, that president will not keep the existing ambassadors. He gets rid of them. Now, what is is an ambassador in another country? I kind of explained this to the kids, but when you visit a foreign country, there is a U.S. embassy there. That U.S. embassy is sovereign U.S. territory, meaning that it is U.S. land in, in another country. All of our embassies around the, United, around the world are guarded by my good buddies in the Marines. And they're well armed. If you mess with a U.S. embassy, and the commander-in-chief gives them the correct orders, they don't mess around. They're not going to mess around. It's not going to end pretty. Each embassy or ambassador is appointed by a new president to carry out his agenda for the country. So when that ambassador meets with the government... Of a foreign country. He's putting forth the agenda. Of the president. And has his authority to carry out the mission. Listen. That is exactly what God is doing. With the church right now. He has appointed us. To carry out his agenda. In this world. In our community. That is a huge responsibility. Each congregation of believers. Is to carry out the agenda of God. We are to be. Ambassadors for God. So what is the agenda of God, church? What is the agenda of God? It brings up a whole bunch of questions. Well, I'm going to tell you what it's not. It's not just having really good meals with one another. We do that around here a lot, don't we? And I'm thankful that we have cooking teams that do that. It's not just sitting around visiting and talking. It's not that we build a really fancy church. It's not that you have lights and smoke machines all over or you hire ACDC to lead you in worship. It's not any of that. It's not to send our kids to the coolest camps and make sure they go to the neatest things. It's not to make sure we have the latest high-tech gear. It's to spread the message of reconciliation. That's the agenda to a lost and dying world. To represent... Listen, to represent the love of God on earth. That's your job. That's our job. We should take that so serious. You should take that serious this morning. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of age. It's what Jesus' charge to his disciples. John MacArthur puts it this way. I love how he wrote this. He says, love originated in God, was manifest in his son Jesus, and demonstrated in his people. We're supposed to demonstrate the love of God. That's the mission. Now, here's the deal. If we aren't being the ambassadors that God has called us to be, what happens? i want to tell you in just a second. I looked at this this morning. In fact, I read these verses and I added it to the sermon. We have a great example. Jesus just doesn't leave us hanging here. Turn to Acts chapter 5. We have an amazing example of what it means to be an ambassador. It's Acts chapter 5. There's a lot of verses here, but I want to read them. It's 28 through 42. I can read quick because I talk quick. Acts 5, 28 through 42. The setting here is the apostles have been preaching about Jesus. They've been telling people about Jesus. And they're arrested because the religious leaders don't want them talking about Jesus. Don't talk about Jesus. And here's what they say. Saying we strictly charge you not to teach in his name. Yet here you are. You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamal, a teacher of the law, held in high honor by the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care of what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Thaddeus arose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him... Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of, the, of of the census and drew away some of the people after him he too perished and all who follow him were scattered. so in the present case I tell you keep away from these men and let them alone for this is for if this plan if this undertaking is of man it will fail but it, if it is of God you will not be able to overthrow them you might even be found opposing God so they took his advice. And when they called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Pay attention to 41 and 42. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. They took their mission as ambassadors, and it didn't matter how much flack they got for it. It didn't matter how many beatings they took. It didn't matter what a lost and dying world said about them. They took the mission serious. They understood it, and they did it every day. They did it every day. Church, that's the example. It doesn't matter what they say about us. It doesn't matter if you're criticized for being a radical Bible thumper. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. That's the mission that we're supposed to take. We're supposed to take that this message of reconciliation and change our community and change your household. Now here's, I want to answer the question I ask. What happens if we don't take that serious? I want to tell you what happens. Years ago, we don't watch a whole lot of TV. If I do, it's usually I'm watching a football game or something. But years ago, this has been a long time ago, there was one show that we both really, really liked. It was called Celebrity Apprentice. And these teams would come in. Anybody ever watch that show? They would, these teams would come in, and they'd, they'd work, and, and they'd have a mission And their whole mission was whoever raised the most money, they were raising money for charity. Whoever raised the most money, their team won. If you were on a losing team, somebody got fired in the boardroom. Somebody that night, because they didn't do a good job. Their mission was not correct. Well, that's exactly what happens many times when a new president takes office. He has ambassadors, and if if they aren't fulfilling his mission, his agenda, he fires them. He fires them. Guess what? Jesus gives us an example of firing a church in Scripture. Turn to Revelation chapter 3. That's the second point. You're fired. Revelation three, fourteen through 17. It says, And to the angel in the church of Laodicea, the words... Of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. I want you to pay attention. Hopefully, if you anybody have red lettering in your Bible, you notice what this is in, right? Red. I want you to point that out. All scripture is the same. These are Jesus' words. Let's go back to it. I know your works, you're neither cold nor hot, would, would, would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. God's giving a warning to a church here. Now, I, I picked on this church for a reason. I picked this church out for a reason. The church in Laodicea, here's a little bit of history on this. I believe personally it sums up the overall church in America in Scripture just about perfect. Because right now in our country and even more across Europe, church attendance, the number of people professing Christ as their Lord and Savior, is at the lowest level it's ever been in the history of our country. Churches are closing their doors all over. You know why? God's shutting them down because they're not fulfilling their mission. This church in Laodicea, it best describes what we're going through. Laodicea was one of the wealthiest, most important commercial centers in the region. It was known for banking, industry, and medicine. Does that sound like anybody yet? In the region, there was another city... That was known for its hot springs. And another city was known for its cold mountain stream water. Laodicea, they had lukewarm, dirty water. And when people would visit the city, they would take a drink of it and spit it out of their mouth. So Jesus is using an illustration of something that they knew to show them their condition. He says, I know your works, you're neither hot nor cold. So what was the church doing? They weren't openly denying Jesus, being cold. They weren't openly denying Jesus, nor were they really excited about getting to serve him, being hot. They were lukewarm. Its members were hypocrites. They would walk around and say, Oh, we know Jesus. I know Jesus. But they weren't serving him. They weren't doing anything for the kingdom. They never shared the gospel. They said they loved Jesus, but they really didn't belong to him. And what does Jesus say? I'll spit you out of my mouth. That's, it's disgusting. It's filthy to them. Just like that nasty, lukewarm water. He would spew them out of their mouth. Jesus is sickened by lukewarm behavior. Now here we go. Christians that are lukewarm from my years in ministry... Require the most time They're the most cranky They're the most unloving They're the ones that stir up conflict They fall into sin They talk a huge game about Jesus They will talk the game But their works do not show it at all Out of one mouth They'll say I love Jesus Out of the other side of the mouth Comes filth Congregations that are lukewarm are ones that do not evangelize. They're focused on the inside. They're focused on comforts. Constantly arguing with one another. Congregations that are lukewarm are preacher eaters. They'll go through preachers because he offends them. They'll fire them. And probably the worst are the ones who aren't even teaching the truth of the Bible. They're given to a woke, progressive church agenda, conforming to the society and the world rather than conforming to what God's word says. These are the Christians that fall away and these are the congregations that die and the doors close. Why in the world are you preaching on this? Because we're God's ambassadors and we have to be on guard. We have to be on guard in our personal life, that when we walk out these doors, listen to me, it's not hard. It's not hard loving Jesus when you step in this room on Sunday morning at 9 or 10 a.m., whatever time you get here. It's a lot harder to love Jesus out there. That's what ambassadors do. They represent the kingdom when you walk out the door. There's some questions you could ask yourself. When was the last time I ever shared the gospel with somebody? When was the last time I ever even invited somebody to church? When was the last time I sacrificially gave to the Lord? When was the last time I sacrificially gave of my time? Oh, but I love Jesus, but I'll show up one time a month, but I love Jesus. No, oh, you don't. Know, who are you fooling? Who are you fooling? Who are you fooling? Verse 17, I love this. It says, for you say I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing, not realizing you're wretched, poor, blind, and naked. What was the church doing? They're trusting in their wealth. They're trusting in themselves. Coming together under the banner of Jesus Christ, but he's nowhere to be found. Oh, we're a Christian church. Listen, this warning is a warning for all time. It's not just for them. This, the, what's laid out in verses 11 and 12 is that if we want God's love to be shown to a lost and dying world, we have to be the one that, do, that does it. We have to be the one that lives it out. We And now, do we fail? I'm not, Listen, I'm not trying to beat you up this morning. I failed this week. I'm going to be honest with you. I did. Selina reminded me of it. Selena can get after people sometimes, she can, and, she, and, I'll, and I, sometimes she, she deals with insurance companies all day, rem, sorry if you work for an insurance company, but she deals with insurance companies all day, and boy, she can get where she hammers down on the phone with an insurance company, right? Well, this week, you guys are going to laugh and think, he is ridiculous, our DirecTV went out, I wasn't too happy about it, but I called them, wanting a solution, and I got transferred to somebody, I don't know where, but I couldn't hardly understand them. And I spent two hours on the phone trying to get the TV fixed. Finally, they sent, and I wasn't very nice. And I was not, I, by the end of that conversation, I, I was basically saying, look, I'm the customer. I'm the, why don't you send somebody here to fix this? I shouldn't be taking two hours out of my time trying to fix this. I'm the customer who pays this bill, right? And my wife subtly reminded me to be nice. And kind, right? So I'm not, listen, I say all that because we fail, right? We do fail. I was not representing Christ to that person. I wasn't cussing at them, but they could tell I was not happy, right? They knew I was not happy. I was not being a good ambassador for the Lord Jesus. So I'm not talking about when we fail. I'm talking about, listen, living a life opposite of what Christ says. So my question this morning as I close here. People should see the love of the Lord Jesus in us, in the church. That's how people come to believing faith. The ministry of reconciliation is our mission. If everything that we do as a church is not tied into the ministry of reconciliation, you don't have a church. You have a social setting, you have a country club. Everything that we do should be tied into the gospel. Everything. Every class, every trip. Everything, everything should be tied in to the gospel. And look, we shouldn't be trying to please a lost and dying world. We, we can't. We should be trying to please the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we're his ambassadors. And we want to promote his agenda. His agenda. So here's a, this is a warning. And something I want to ask ourselves are we being ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ? If they were, if they were to charge me, I've asked myself this several times, if I was to get charged for being a Christian, would they be able to come up with enough evidence to convict me? Or would, they, would I be let go for lack of evidence? I hope that we would all be found guilty and this church would be found guilty for that. That's my prayer this morning for this church. Our witness is love. We are God's ambassadors right here, right now. We have to take that mission serious. We have to take it serious first in our homes. In our homes. You know, the number one thing I think that's devastating our country are broken homes. Men that won't lead their families. They don't share the truth of the gospel with their families. Broken homes. If I if I care I'm talking to myself here, my number one mission field is not Crossbridge Baptist Church. My number one mission field is my home at twenty one twenty four Greer Creek Road. Then after that, then I expand my mission field, right? Or make sure my mission field's in order first. And then I'm I'm an ambassador for the Lord Jesus at home. That's the most important thing. I'm gonna ask our worship team to come today. I know it's kind of been a tough sermon, right? I I, I, I get it. I get it. I understand. It was tough putting it together. But am am I living this out in my life? Do my actions show this? We're also this morning, I always want to read this text because here's what we're about ready to do. We're about ready to take communion. This is a very, very serious thing. It's a very, very serious thing. We do it on Family Sunday for a reason. I don't, you don't have to be a member of this church to take communion with us. Here's what you have to have done. Publicly profess Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you've done that, then I welcome you to take communion with us this morning. Please do. But here's a warning that Scripture gives, and I always want to read this. And why I read it before the invitation, it gives you an opportunity to confess sin to God. Not to me, to God. There's a warning in Scripture. It's found in 1 Corinthians 11, it's at verses 27 through 30. It says, Whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. So here's the warning. It's not for me, it's from Scripture. If you're not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, don't take communion. Don't. If you are living an unconfessed, unrepentant sin before God, don't take communion until you've confessed your sins to God. Okay? You can do that right now during the invitation. You don't need me to do that. You confess your sins to God. This is an important time because it remembers what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us. It's about that ministry of reconciliation. It's remembering his death, burial, and resurrection, and it's looking forward to him coming back and us having victory for all eternity, right? It's an important time. So I'm asking you to stay in this morning. If you need to come and visit with me about anything, you can. If you need to pray this morning, you can do that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you again just for the opportunity to be here this morning. There's a challenging couple of verses here, and it just is. And, Lord, I thank you for bringing clarity uh, for it to me that we, are, we represent so much more. We represent you when we walk out these doors. We represent you every minute of our life, not just when it's convenient, every minute. And, Lord, forgive us. We fail. We do. Lord, I pray that we are a church body that loves you, that shows that love in this community, that shows your love to a lost and dying world. And, Lord, we stand for truth. We stand for who you are. We don't compromise. We're going to do the right thing, Lord. I pray that we have the boldness to do that. Just like the, the example the apostles gave us in Acts chapter 5. God, I love you this morning. I thank you as we enter this time. Lord, I pray if there's people here that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, that today will be the day they realize they're in sin, they're dead in their sin, and they need a Savior. And that you went to the cross and died for them and rose again, defeating death. For my brothers and sisters in here we take serious communion today lord your mission to us is the most important thing it's more important than our jobs it's more important than anything else we're ambassadors for you so i pray that we represent you well and when we don't represent you well lord i pray that you show us and you correct us and we humble ourselves to you it's in your name i pray amen
2: mm-hmm.
0: Thank you, guys. All right. You may be seated, please. I'm going to ask our elders, uh, I think just me and Alan this morning, our deacons, uh, if you would come and help this morning. We're going to serve uh, communion. So this is a very, very important time uh, in the church. Jesus instituted this when he met with his uh, disciples to celebrate Passover. Passover. Um, and this is what he said in, in Matthew chapter twenty six: says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And he took a cup, and when had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So what we're going to do, I'm going to ask John, would you please come and help us this morning also? Um, and Ross, would you please come and help help us this morning serve? Um, so w- what we're going to do is we're going to pass it out. We, have, we, we keep the kids in here, so parents, if your child has publicly professed Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they can take communion with us if they haven't. Please don't serve them communion, Uh, but we'll pass it out. We will take it together. So during the time while we're passing it out, just spend time thinking about what Jesus did for you on the cross. This is a very personal time for you to reflect that he took your sins upon himself and he died for them, and that we do have a mission now. We're ambassadors for him, and so um, let's do that. I'm going to ask Alan uh, this morning if you would please uh, bless the bread. Jesus said, take ye and eat, this is my body which is given for you. And when he had given thanks, he took the cup, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I'm going to ask John if you would please bless will. the cup this morning. Father God, we just come
1: before you, Lord. We just thank you, Father, for uh, Jesus, God, and just a sacrifice. And God, we just thank you for his blood, and only his blood, Father, can cover our sins. And we just want to thank you for that and just the remembrance of this, Father, just to take it as a as a body of Christ. And God, we just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Take ye and drink. When they had finished, said they went out rejoicing. I think it's amazing that they went out rejoicing, singing, Jesus was about ready to go to the cross. But that is a time of rejoicing, because without that, we aren't here. There's no reason to be here. We wouldn't be here uh, without Christ. And so, I want to close in song. But there's one other thing I want to do this morning. I'm ask Kaylee if she come on up here this morning. Kaylee, um, Kaylee has made a commitment, and I'm I'm really proud of her. She has made a commitment uh, and joined the United States Marines. So. She may get embassy duty like we talked about today. You never know. Uh, but she, uh, she's leaving for boot camp a week from now. So pray for her. She's going to have a really good time for 13 weeks. <laughs> but keep her in your prayers. And come around this morning uh, after we sing and thank her uh, for her service. Because without men and women like her wanting to do this, uh, we don't have freedom here. And, and so um, the threat of a whole bunch of Marines and soldiers and sailors and my Coast Guard buddies. The threat of them around the world uh, keeps the world in line, right? And it allows us to be able to meet here uh, to worship our Lord Jesus freely. And so I, I really appreciate you and we're going to be praying for you. Send, send us your address so you can keep in touch and let us know how you're doing and and uh, yeah, have have fun, okay? Yeah. All right, so uh, let's close in song and then come around here and congratulate her. And then about 10 minutes later, uh, we'll have business meeting, if you would stand this morning. You are dismissed.